is time for the memes of the weekend. Welcome in here, ladies and gentlemen, on this Monday here on Take It Easy. It is September 20th, according to my count, and we've got a great, great show planned for you here today on the memes of the weekend. We get our NFL recap show out before this, and then here we just get to laugh at all the fun stuff that happened this weekend because it's way more fun to laugh at all the fun stuff that happens in the world of sports when we go off for three days and when football season is in full effect. And boy, it was a great weekend. And so we're going to start off here today with what kind of feels like just a joke that seems like too much punching down, too much laughing at, a, a joke we might wear out by the end of the season, but I've been making the joke for three years, so you know what? We're just going to keep on rolling with it. The classics here on Memes of the Weekend, which is, how are the ACC Coastal and the Pac-12 South gonna things up this week? Because I was prepared to just do an ACC Coastal show on Monday, and then I woke up Sunday morning, and I saw the Pac-12 late at night after I went to bed on the West Coast. I just choose to go to bed at 10 o'clock on a Saturday, and oh my lord, Pac-12, oh my lord, what a weekend. I've been making the joke for years that the Pac-12 just exists to beat each other up. They're all going to beat each other up. When they're not beating each other up, they're losing to Mountain West opponents. When they're not losing to Mountain West opponents, they're getting blanked by Iowa or getting blanked by Kansas State or getting blanked by Oklahoma State. And oh my lord, it was everything I've ever joked about the Pac-12 all encapsulated into one. Not only is the Pac-12 now losing to the Mountain West or getting blanked by Minnesota like Colorado did this weekend, but they're getting beat by the FCS teams now. We joked two weeks ago on Memes of the Weekend about how Washington paid $600,000 to Montana to come beat them, destroy their program. And now the University of Arizona, who, by the way, was just awful last year, fired their coach, and they're even worse this year. Like, Arizona has fallen on some real hard times because with the transfer portal era, all those terrible players from Kevin Sumlin's team last year can just leave the program, so they have even worse players now. But Arizona lost to UNA, Northern Arizona University, on Saturday, and that was the first one of the mix for the Pac-12 South because it only goes downhill. Well, maybe not, but the teams are better than Arizona losing to Northern Arizona because the next team you have is the Utah Utes, who last week lost to BYU in the Holy War, and now they're playing San Diego State, and they're getting their ass handed to them by SD. S-U-S-D-S-U as text fight. And they're down 24-10 with six minutes to go, and they charge back with two touchdowns late. And what do they do? They go to overtime. They don't score. The Aztecs don't score. They go to double overtime. Touchdown, touchdown, trade. Now we go to triple overtime, where in college football you now have to go for it on, on the two-point conversions. So Utah State gets the ball first, they score a touchdown, they go for two, 
They don't get it. San Diego State gets the ball. They score a touchdown in triple overtime, but instead of kicking the extra point, now they have to go for two. And San Diego State and head coach Brady Hoke, yes, that Brady Hoke, from the University of Michigan days, Brady Hoke runs the Philly special play, reverse to the tight end, tight end throws to the quarterback, snap was taken by the running back, and they convert to beat Utah for the second straight week. Utah falls to BYU and San Diego State, which BYU is not technically a Mountain West team anymore, but still the sentiment is felt of Utah losing to two Mountain West teams in two weeks. Speaking of BYU, BYU followed up their win against Utah by going to Arizona State and beating up on the Sun Devils. Technically, the game was in Utah, but Arizona State was ranked going into this game, and they lose to BYU a week after Utah loses to BYU. And Arizona State, look, we were counting on y'all to be the team that beat UCLA. USC punted on their season last week, which now maybe they don't need to punt on their season anymore, considering just how shit the Pac-12 South is. Maybe USC can still turn around and win this title, but still... Arizona State, you were the team we were counting on to beat UCLA and stop Chip Kelly from being good at football again. But then you lose to BYU and lose your ranking as number 19 in the country, which technically doesn't hurt them towards the Pac-12 South title, but the Pac-12 South title doesn't even matter anymore. Why? Because Colorado sucks. Arizona sucks. We already knew that. They were brutally reinforced last week. Utah, we thought, was pretty good. Nope. Can't beat BYU, can't beat San Diego State, Arizona State, still undefeated going into this week. Nope, now you're going to lose to BYU. And basically, I am attesting that BYU, who's now going into the Big 12, should just trade places in the Pac-12 South. We need a new Pac-12 South with Boise, San Diego State, BYU in there. Like, we need to remake the Pac-12 South with all the Mountain West teams at this point. So... We were counting on you, Arizona State. Now you lose to BYU. By the way, San Diego State, they beat Arizona by 21 points last week and then went on to beat Utah in this shitty, shitty Pac-12 South. And that wasn't even the worst of them all. Because UCLA, who is ranked 13 in the country, they are feeling themselves right now. They beat LSU. They're 3-0 on the season. They've got the best team because everyone else is shit in the conference. They've spent four years rebuilding their program, and they look like they might be able to get into the top 10 by the end of the weekend. Nope. Your ass is going to lose to Fresno State. To Fresno bleeping State, who actually has an okay football team. They only lost by 10 to Oregon. Maybe it was seven, actually. Maybe they only lost by seven to Oregon earlier on in the season. Oregon Oregon may have beat Ohio State, but they're still not immune from the Pac-12 curse. I'm right now granting them immunity for the time being, but Oregon is not immune from the slander here on Memes of the Weekend as well. Anyways, Fresno State goes to UCLA and whooped up on them. They were up 13 at the half. UCLA stormed back. They took the lead. And what does Fresno do? They drive down the field, down four, 
12 seconds to go, and they're going to throw the game-winning touchdown against UCLA. And now UCLA, I, I tried to warn you. UCLA fans, they were feeling themselves. Look, nobody is immune. The Pac-12 is who they are. The Pac-12 has been this way for a long time. I don't want it to be this way. The content is great, but it's shit football. The Pac-12 is shit football. And before I've been saying that the Mountain West is the fifth Power Five conference, I've been saying it for years now, San Diego State is the best football team in the state of California, but I'd like to make an amendment to that. San Diego State versus Fresno is now the battle for the best football team in California. Those two schools whooped ass against the Pac-12. BYU whooped ass against the Pac-12. Two weeks in a row for both of them. Fresno almost beat Oregon, beat UCLA. San Diego State beat Arizona, beat Utah. BYU beat Utah, beat Arizona State. That entire conference can go to hell because the Mountain West is the Mountain Best Conference. So you guys can take your L's just like the Pac-12 South does every single week. I don't mean for this to sound like a threat, but the Pac-12 South and the Pac-12 as a whole is just an absolutely shit conference. And they proved it this weekend by being the absolute worst. The worst. USC was the only team that got a win in that Pac-12 South this weekend, and the only reason they got a win is because they were playing Washington State with an anti-vax coach who's won like two games in two years as head coach at Wazoo. So they only took on the worst program in the conference and took that dub. The only winner in the entire conference, and they just punted on the season last week. They fired their coach. They gave up on the season, and now, hey, USC, you might be the favorites to win the conference now. Why? Because the rest of those teams are shit. The rest of the Pac-12 South is garbage, and I am smiling through it all because I was so, so right. Everyone was saying Pac-12 South, they got four ranked teams this year. Pac-12 South really turning it around. Pac-12, Oregon might make it to the playoff. Look at Washington. They're a pretty good team. No, the Pac-12 is the same conference it has always been. They will lose games to the Mountain West every single year. They will all beat each other up so that nobody can get a good bowl game. Either Oregon or USC is going to get to the Rose Bowl because someone has to make the Rose Bowl in that conference. And... When they're not losing to the Mountain West or beating each other up, apparently they're losing to Montana and Northern Arizona. You know who else can come catch these hands this weekend? The ACC Coastal. And these are the two that we crap on the most. The ACC Coastal, the Pac-12 South, the Big Ten West sometimes gets included in this, but sometimes the Big Ten West grant is granted immunity, especially when Minnesota is really good at football. Hashtag row the boat. We'll get to row the boat in a second too, but... First, ACC Coastal. The reason we've been joking about the ACC Coastal for years is that every single team in that division is terrible. All of them are awful. It might be the worst division in all of professional sports. And yes, college athletics are professional sports. That division, before last year, had seven champions in seven years. Every single school won the division title one time 
and not a single time won the conference championship. You know the last time the ACC Coastal won the championship? 2010. Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback at Virginia Tech. They are awful. Awful. Every program has sucked my entire lifetime. Yes, Miami was number two in the country one time after beating Notre Dame, but you know what happened the next week? They lost to Pitt. To unranked Pitt. And your pipe dream was over. Why? Because the ACC Coastal is who they are. You thought North Carolina was going to be a national powerhouse this year? Nope. They lose week one to Virginia Tech. You thought the University of Miami was going to be good this year? Nope. They're going to win against Appalachian State, but they're only going to do it by two. Then they're going to play Michigan State this weekend. And what's going to happen? You're going to lose by three touchdowns. Miami team that people thought was ranked number 13 in the country to start the season. Nope. Your ass is going to get pounded by Alabama, laughed out of the building, almost lose to App State, and then get the doors blown off of you by unranked Michigan State, who, to be fair, might be ranked at the end of this week. But still, Michigan State was not a better team than Miami, and Miami got laughed out of their own building by three touchdowns. Remember I mentioned Virginia Tech a second ago? Virginia Tech, who upset North Carolina and maybe ruined their season before it even started? That Virginia Tech team went to West Virginia this weekend, and what happened? They lost. They were ranked 15 in the country, and they took that L against a West Virginia team that's a name in college football. But West Virginia's been bad for years in the Big 12, which is already bad enough. Like, the Big 12 is already losing the two schools that matter in that conference, but West Virginia last year, I think, went 5-7 and seven or 5-6. and six. It was weird because of the 2020 COVID season. They had a new coach come over from Troy. And West Virginia beat Virginia Tech in a program-building win for them because the ACC Coastal is just going to lose games like that all the time. They might as well have been playing like Georgia Tech because it, losing to West Virginia just feels like one of those losses that they have in conference. West Virginia might actually be in the ACC by the time they play Virginia Tech next, but it just felt like one of those losses, even if it was a non-conference game. So Virginia Tech, you get to fall out of the top 25 now after losing to West Virginia in a game you were favored by a touchdown in. Total ACC Coastal moment. You know who else had an ACC Coastal moment? Pitt. Pitt. You were favored against Western Michigan, row the boat. And guess what? You got 40-pieced. You got 40-pieced by Western Michigan. The coach there now is Tim Lester. He replaced P.J. Fleck after P.J. Fleck dominated that program. And now Western Michigan is just another program in the MAC. And they put a 40-piece on Pitt. Pitt was the undefeated team now. It's like you go down the line, it's like, all right, who's left? Well, Miami, they're not that good. Uh, North Carolina, they've already lost in conference. Virginia Tech, they, they were never good. They just beat North Carolina because that's what the ACC Coastal does. They all just win against each other because they all suck. And who's next? Well, I guess Pitt is next on the list. Nope, they're going to lose to Western Michigan and derail their season. All right, who's next on the list? Georgia Tech? Well, they did all right against Clemson. They only lost by six, which Clemson's offense, woof. Clemson's offense could be another 10-minute meme of the weekend by itself. But Pitt ends up losing that one. You look up and you're like, who's left now? We got a Virginia, maybe. 
We're going to have another terrible Virginia team get smacked by Clemson in the ACC championship game. Duke is awful this year, but they just laughed Northwestern out of the building this week. So, hey, Duke came in as preseason 7th out of 7 in the division, but you know what? Duke might be the favorites now. They're just a win against Miami away from being in the ACC championship because that's what the ACC Coastal does. They all are terrible. They all beat each other up, and nobody's ever allowed to be good in that division while Clemson wins championship after championship after championship in the ACC. So I know these are the two that we dump on the most, the ACC Coastal and the Pac-12, but damn it, they deserve it after this weekend. They deserve all the L's that are coming their way after the weekend that they just put up. The absolute stinkers that the Pac-12 South and the ACC Coastal just put up this weekend. By the way, fun fact, you know who's the only undefeated teams left in the ACC? It's Boston College and Wake Forest. That's it. Everyone in the ACC Coastal has lost already because that's what the ACC Coastal does. So let's talk real quick about the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour because when the season kicked off, the NFL decided to set up the schedule in such a way that the Carolina Panthers would play against the New York Jets in week one of the season. And immediately after that came out, the Panthers-Jets game was immediately dubbed the Sam Darnold revenge game. And I don't really know what vengeance there was for Sam Darnold to take out. First of all, the Jets were a way worse team than the Panthers. The Panthers might be mediocre, but the Jets suck. And there's a difference between being terrible and designed to lose and being mediocre that at least there's a base level of talent that you have on the team. So Carolina was the better team coming into the game. Secondarily, Sam Darnold was basically dumped by the Jets because he was genuinely bad. And three, calling it a revenge game for Sam Darnold is silly because Sam Darnold's not actually that good. It's not like Tom Brady's revenge against the Patriots. Like, this is a revenge game that makes revenge games feel kind of sad and so we mocked it by saying why don't we just call it a Sam Darnold revenge tour you know he's gonna beat the Jets we started mocking this idea it's like hey look at him 1-0 after a pathetic 19-14 win against the Jets like it was a great first half and then after that it looked like the mediocre Carolina Panthers that we're used to and then the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour took on a life of its own because it was one of our most popular memes last weekend, and we didn't talk about it on Memes of the Weekend because it was just something I glossed over to mock the idea of a revenge tour. And now that the Carolina Panthers have beaten the New Orleans Saints in Week 2 in a game where Carolina played pretty much from start to finish better than the Saints, who wiped out the Green Bay Packers a week before, by the way, Saints offense... No idea how good it is. We have no idea how good the Saints offense is actually going to be this year. But Panthers wiped the floor with them. It was 26-7, to dominated from start to finish. Sam Darnold finished the game with a 99.1 quarterback rating, one of the top four performances of his career. He had 305 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, completed over 70% of his passes. Which means... The Sam Darnold Revenge Tour has taken on a life of its own. 
So now the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour marches on to 2-0, again one of our most popular memes of the weekend. Sam Darnold gets to live on in victory for the Carolina Panthers. He's now 2-0, and this will probably carry on further into the season because now the Carolina Panthers have the Texans on Thursday night, and so the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour continues into a winnable game where they'll be favored at home against a terrible Texans team that, by the way, covered the spread against the Cleveland Browns, so well done on their part. But the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour should continue through there, so at the very least, we have two more weeks to Joy to have feel our joy around the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour. We've got to admit, turn this into a bit here on the podcast. We'll see what kind of music video I can construct with the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour, whatever other bit we want to do here. Kind of like what we did with the Packers Last Dance, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point when bad things happen to the Packers. I don't think that's going to happen tonight, but still, bad things could happen to the Packers in the near future, so we want to be prepared when it happens. Sam Darnold Revenge Tour, 2-0. and Keep on marching along, and it gets even better now because now, saved in our archives over for comical sports memes, is the fact that we have the Sam Darnold Fox graphic that makes Sam Darnold look like a child, and uh, that can now be used to mark the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour which has now taken on its life a life of its own and in the pure spirit of going for what's funny and going for the content the Sam Darnold revenge tour marches on as we continue to mock the idea of a revenge tour by getting really really invested in a Sam Darnold revenge tour so let's go panthers i have finally bailed on my hatred for you guys and disdain for your mediocrity You guys would be like the fourth team that you start beef with where the team is terrible, but the fans have some kind of reasonable expectations. But now I'm on your side. The Sam Darnold Revenge Tour is here. I'm breaking out the takes from 2018 when I said Sam Darnold was going to be a generational type player. And I have definitely pivoted on that since then because he's been terrible the first three years of his career. But we can ignore that while we march along on the Sam Darnold Revenge Tour in the spirit of content and somewhat transparency because I mentioned it anyways. By the way, if we're also looking for a meme of the weekend... Chuba Hubbard, 8 carries for 10 yards. That's just something you can laugh at. His longest carry of the day was 9 yards, which means outside of that one carry, Chuba Hubbard had 7 carries for 1 yard. Few quick things to hit on here on Memes of the Weekend before we sign off. Number one, whoever at the Fox Studios came up with the idea of putting Gus Johnson and Aqib Tlaib together on an NFL broadcast, you, sir or ma'am, deserve a raise because that was a fantastic idea of putting the two best personalities you have at Fox Sports together on a broadcast. They were calling that absolute chaos of a Vikings-Cardinals game in the afternoon. So bravo to whoever came up with the idea. I hope Gus Johnson does more NFL games. I hope he's calling these afternoon window games, especially the throwaway game that exists in the afternoon. You guys know what we're talking about. The game that starts at 4.05 instead of 4.25, and it's just a throwaway game, usually with an East Coast team. I want him to call as many of those games as he possibly can for the remainder of the season and do most of them with Aqib Tlaib because that was a fantastic idea that I didn't know I needed in my life. It's basically like combining pie and ice cream. Speaking of the Vikings-Cardinals game, we have our award for the Memorial Philip Rivers Purgatory 
Player of the Week. And for the second week in a row, this is slowly becoming a permanent recognition. We have Kirk Cousins winning the Philip Rivers Purgatory Memorial Award for this week for driving the Vikings down the field in under two minutes to set up a game-winning field goal and in the most Vikings way possible, losing on a miss by their fourth kicker in four years, replacing Blair Walsh because the Vikings are not allowed to have a good kicker. I thought Dan Bailey was a good kicker. Turns out he's no longer a Viking. Greg Joseph is the kicker for the Vikings now, and the Vikings took that L against the Arizona Cardinals. But Kirk Cousins, congratulations. You put your team in a position to win. That game was just utter chaos between the Vikings and Cardinals. Just ridiculous. Kyler Murray had like two plays that were just like, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. Game was stupid fun between the Cardinals and the Vikings. Uh, Real quick to close out memes of the weekend. What are some real quick ones we could throw at you here? Oh, Weird kickoff stuff that happened this weekend. So Oklahoma in the game against Nebraska. By the way, Nebraska, credit to you. You stuck it out. Good job on your part. Oklahoma fielded a uh, ball going out of bounds at the 8-yard line by mistake. Uh, There was one in the Florida game where the guy touched it in the end zone and just let it go thinking that it was going to be a touchback, but the ball rolled out at the 1, so Florida had to start at the 1 against Bama. They went 99 yards anyways, but... I'd never seen something like that before. And Memphis, in their beatdown of Mississippi State, had one punt return where the ball was like touched down or signaled down by Mississippi State, but they didn't blow the whistle. So then a Memphis player picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown, and that touchdown ended up being the difference in the game. Really weird how that one played out. But congratulations to Memphis you know, win's a win. It's just like that North Texas play where they fake fair caught against Arkansas and then took it back to the house. Three of those happened in one weekend, apparently. So congrats to Memphis on beating Mississippi State and for doing it in the weird way that they did it. Henry Ruggs, really for really that whole Raiders-Steelers game gets to kind of be the meme game of the week in the NFL because, yeah, the Raiders won, but it didn't really feel like they won. And Derek Carr threw a lot of yards, but it didn't really feel like Derek Carr threw a lot of yards. And where did a lot of those yards come from? The one play every, like, seven games to Henry Ruggs. It feels like kind of Henry Ruggs exists for, like, one 60-yard touchdown bomb because he's really fast and went to Alabama. So this week was the Henry Ruggs touchdown. It happens every six or seven weeks. Henry Ruggs finally got a big play. Also, uh, there's not much to talk about in the Bills and the Dolphins other than Tua's injury, but Devin Singletary had a big touchdown run. It's the touchdown run I've been waiting a year and a half on since I said Devin Singletary could have a breakout season in 2020. I've been waiting for that big touchdown run for. 20 games. Devin Singletary finally gave it to me. Three rushing touchdowns from the Bills today. Uh, But Devin Singletary gets to be a meme because I just, it just pissed me off. When he finally did get the score, it just pissed me off in the end. So good job, Devin Singletary. You get a victory there. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles against the 49ers. That game was weird. But Jalen Hurts, your meme of the weekend honor is that I have never seen more offensive output from a player that only scored 11 points. You were kicking ass against the 49ers and somehow only scored 11 points to the 49ers 17, which by the way, didn't even cover the spread. So you can take that L Philadelphia, but 
I've never seen more offensive output from a player whose team only scored 11 points. Um, Jalen Hurts, congratulations. You get that weird honor here on Memes of the Weekend for only scoring 11 points but wowing me away in your performance. I thought the Eagles were setting you up to fail, and you've done a pretty good job to start the season. 190 yards, no touchdowns, no INTs, quarterback rating of 80, finished also with 82 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. So Jalen Hurts... You had a great day for only putting up 11 points. I think it might be, actually, I feel comfortable saying it right now. This is the greatest performance by a quarterback of any team that has only scored 11 points. So congratulations for that honor to Jalen Hurts. 49ers, get your shit together. This is two weeks in a row on the road against inferior opponents. Get your shit together because it's Packers week next week. and You better get ready. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo looks exactly how we thought Jimmy Garoppolo was before all of this happened. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, also uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you get to be a meme of the weekend. Almost forgot about that. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you get to take a massive L this weekend. Oh shit, before we leave, I forgot we got to talk about the Bucks and Falcons game. We didn't cover that on either one. Actually, here we go. I got the answer for you. Rob Gronkowski in 2021 leads the NFL in touchdowns. I think that's meme-worthy of the weekend. Also, Matt Ryan having back-to-back pick-sixes after going. I think it said at one point Matt Ryan had the longest streak of not throwing an interception, which I think only existed because Joe Burrow broke his streak in the morning games. I had to, like, double-take that Matt Ryan had the longest consecutive streak without throwing an interception. Like, I, I genuinely couldn't believe it when I saw it on the screen. It was like 180 consecutive passes for Matt Ryan without an interception before throwing back-to-back pick sixes. So I guess it was just his time to throw a pick six. But also, Rob Gronkowski, in 2021, leads the NFL in touchdowns. Just think about that for a second. Think how ridiculous that sounds. Also, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You can go bleep yourself. Ruined, ruined a Kansas City victory. They had it in their grasp. Mahomes was dominating the game, and he just had one job. Don't fumble. Don't fumble. And your ass fumbled. Thanks for stopping into Memes of the Weekend, everybody. Uh, We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Make sure to check out also our NFL Monday recap show.